Welcome, y'all, to the Direct Examination Podcast. My name is Amber Fulmer. I'm Dane Phillips. And I'm Joseph Bias. This week's guest has previously served as an assistant solicitor and an assistant city attorney in Greenville, serving as the president of the Greenville County Bar Association. She moved back to Charleston and joined the Charleston School of Law faculty in January of 2009 as the acting director of the Office of Diversity Initiatives and a distinguished visiting professor. At Charleston School of Law, she teaches criminal law, constitutional law, sex and gender issues in the law, and trial advocacy. And since she did such a good job in that role in Greenville, they went ahead and elected her the president of the Charleston County Bar as well. So please help us welcome Deborah Gammons to the Direct Examination Podcast. Thank you for joining us, Thank you. Professor Gammons. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, you know, we didn't look at the history books. We don't know about the records, but it has to be some type of record to be elected the president of the bar in two different counties on the different sides of the state. So I guess one. True. Yeah, that, I, it can't have happened before. So why have that role? Why run for those roles? And why was that important for you to uh, take those roles? Well, it is a record as far as I know. I don't know anyone else in South Carolina who's been president of two different bars. And, and when you think about our bars in South Carolina, we have the Charleston Bar, the Richland County Bar, and also the Greenville Bar, the three largest bars in the state. It has to come from something inside of me. When I was eight years old, I decided that I was going to be president of the United States of America. And I said, as the president, in my eight-year-old mind, it was necessary for the president to know the laws. And then I thought, well, attorneys know the laws, so I have to be an attorney. <laughs> right. Obviously. So I just, I just made that, that jump that I wanted to be an attorney. I wanted to help people. I wanted to create positive changes. And this is one way, by serving as president of now the Charleston County Bar and then the Greenville County Bar, to make a difference, to make positive changes and not just the community, the town, but also in the state. And then that moves forward into our country. So do we give it one year, two years before you move to Richland County and, and do that? Well? Or, you know, what's the top table? Uh, well, I don't think my husband, <laughs> Brian McQueen, would let us move away from paradise. So I'm back home in Charleston and I'll, I'll stay here in Charleston. What benefit does the uh, does a local bar association? So again, our, our, a lot of our listeners listeners, excuse me, are either lawyers or law students or individuals who are interested in law. What kind of benefits does a local bar association have to you know the practicing attorneys in that bar? The benefits are twofold. One, you get to interact with other attorneys, new attorneys and also older attorneys or those who have been experienced, who are experienced attorneys. And then two, you get to reach out into the community. So the benefit to attorneys is to that interaction and also working for the community because that's what we do. We help the community. We help society when people are in trouble they call attorneys. So that's the benefit, working with individual groups, attorneys, and then also reaching out into the community. What particular problems do you see facing the Charleston County Bar, or what will you be looking to improve during your time as the Charleston County Bar President? Well, I don't think in terms of problems. I think in terms of challenges or where improvement is needed. 
And one area improvement that is needed is engagement. My motto, my theme for this year is engagement, education, and equality. And engagement is making sure those new attorneys come in, work, and also, as I stated earlier, the benefit of the bars and local bars is reaching out into the community. So one of the challenges is that engagement aspect. We have about 2,000 attorneys in who are members of the Charleston County Bar and just getting involvement from all of those. I would like to see at least 50% engagement from all of the 2,000 that are now currently members. And I'm I'm not at that point yet. So that's one of the areas where I want to show improvement is engagement from 50, at least 50% of our members. And also that engagement involves reaching out to the community. To kind of go the other two aspects of your motto, the education, the quality, what type of education initiatives do you believe would be successful in this uh uh, in this bar that even if somebody else is listening across the state, maybe they can take to their own communities as well. Well, there are several areas where the local bars and the Charleston bar has made a difference in education. And one key is reaching out into the local schools. So here in Charleston, I've gone out as part of my job as the director of diversity initiatives. I've gone out to schools, starting at elementary schools, And I speak with students about what it takes to be an attorney, what that means, what they can do now in order to be an attorney. I do that in elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, and of course, go to colleges. But starting out with elementary students, middle school students, and high school students, letting them know that education is the key to success. And I tell them at the end, even if you decide not to be an attorney, you don't want to be a lawyer, you want to be a physician, or you want to be a pilot, you want to be an engineer, you want to be a scientist, that education is key. And that is the way that you make a difference, create a difference in the world. So that's, that's one aspect, just going out to those schools, volunteering. We, at the Charleston Bar, we are involved with Cocky's Reading Express, and Cocky comes down to Charleston even though he's based there in <laughs> Columbia, but comes down to Charleston. We also have done street law. We've had high school mock trial workshops for teachers and administrators who want to start a mock trial team at their high schools and also those who already have a mock trial team. So it's, again, I, I, it's, the focus has to be on the community. That's how we will create positive changes. Well, one of our co-hosts, Joseph Bias, helps with the local mock trial high school teams in Columbia. That's so, right. That's right. Well, That's Joseph, I've done, I've done the same thing when I was in Greenville. I was the regional coordinator for the South Carolina Bar High School Mock Trial Competition. And i got to tell you, I've been to conferences, and I've had students come up to me and say, Hey, did you judge mock trial? <laughs> I say, Yes. And they're in law school yeah. or they're oh. clerking for the South Carolina Supreme Court justices. And that program is fabulous. I love it. I, I love agree. It. I mean, we probably later this season will have a episode on mock trial. But I uh, I started coaching when I was in law school 
and mm-hmm. I just had my first one finish law school, and now he's in private practice. And so now I'm starting to think that maybe this is a good thing for me Such because a pop I, can, I can just start taking percentages <laughs> of their uh, future earnings. You know what I mean? I can say, you know what? I helped you out in high school. Maybe maybe three percent. Document I had you sign. <laughs> That's right. You turned eighteen. I had you sign this document, and you're good to go. You thought it was going to a nice, sweet paternal place, and then that ended. No, I, t- I, was, I, I know. So I took a part of this. Yeah. I was like, Papa Bear is so proud of his babies. And then no. you're like, I'm taking your money. No, I'm taking the money. Speaking of taking the money. Um, <laughs> you know, um, so one of the things that I, as Amber and I both graduated from the school in the middle of the state. Well, I went to and, Carolina. And uh, well, you know, we're we're in the Charleston building. I didn't right. want to, I didn't know if like somebody comes in and interrupt the podcast no. and says something. Um, one of the things that I can tell you that we're jealous of is the amount of investment that the Charleston community has in the Charleston Law School. Mm-hmm. And you kind of are are uniquely qualified to serve both roles as mm-hmm. both president of the bar and also uh, leading up the diversity efforts here at the school. So can you talk a little bit about that relationship and, you know, how it can develop and what you're looking to do uh, both on the school part of the uh, side and also as, you know, a member of the bar? Well, as the Charleston Bar has grown, it also has been involved with Charleston School of Law. And you guys probably don't remember, but there was not a great welcoming party for Charleston School of Law. Sure. And now there is this welcoming aspect of it. We have a great relationship with the local bar. And I've been a part of the Charleston Bar since I came back here in 2009. And that involvement is is crucial to success. We have involvement through the adjunct professors, we have involvement through the volunteer programs, we have mock trial, internal competitions and external competitions, we have moot court, internal, external, and the local bar, the attorneys are involved in that. Whenever I send down a message, ask for help, be a judge, they will judge. They are right here helping everyone make this law school a success. And as far as the diversity efforts and actions from Charleston School of Law, being involved is key and the involvement with the faculty is key the student involvement is key we have the black law students association we have the latina latino law students association we have women in law we have a alliance for equality and all of those separate organizations work with other organizations and i serve as the faculty advisor the co-faculty advisor for the Black Law Students Association and the Alliance for Equality, the advisor, full advisor for women in law and the Latina, Latina Law Students Association. And I always emphasize working with other organizations and other groups. That is key to working together, not holding yourself or putting yourself in a box, but reaching out to others. That's the way we're going to have unity that's the way we're going to have positive changes. So emphasize that here and at the law school and in the community, having diversity week, having public fora, having different events, safe place training, going out. I take law students with me when I go out to the high schools, to the middle schools, and embracing that education aspect, 
the mock trial training, having law students go out also to help with that. So that's all part of that diversity initiatives, making sure that we are represented in the community and making sure that the law school itself reflects those in the community. All right. Now, with all those initiatives in place, do we have a long-term plan as to benchmarks we may want to reach with that as it progresses, as they, as this diversity outreach kind of gets bigger? Well, the benchmark is to make sure that we have those represented who are underrepresented in the legal community to make sure that we are reaching out to all groups in the community, not just one area, not one geographical area, not one economical area, but working within all groups. So that whenever you say Charleston School of Law, then people know you're talking about this law school, its initiatives, its mission to provide pro bono legal services, and its mission to make improvements in the community. Can you talk a little bit about how the pro bono, the pro bono aspect of Charleston School of Law kind of affects, I mean, your professor here, how does that affect your teaching? How does it affect the students when it comes out? Um, we talked with Mr. Bell on a, another episode where, you know, he, he kind of highlighted the um, the combination of, the, of how it both helps the community and the students. As, you, somebody who's in the classroom, can you talk a little bit about, expand a little more about that? How does that pro bono factor into your actual teaching of these classes? Well, as far as teaching goes, I emphasize all of the time, and students who've had me more than once hear it all the time, I, I tell them, you will be the representative of a person, a human being. You're sitting in class, you're reading appellate cases, but you have to remember all those cases started with one attorney representing that person and then the other attorney on the other side. So you will have people's lives in your hands. So you always have to have that as your main perspective when you're going through these classes. And then when they're doing that and they're going out and doing pro bono work, then they're able to see real people involved and how they can impact real people's lives through their legal worker or helping them in some manner. And they can bring that back to the classroom. I had one student in my constitutional law class this past spring semester. She testified in Columbia before the Senate on a certain bill, and she was proud of doing that. She said she was a little bit nervous, but again, that goes back to dealing with people's actual lives and my teaching students that they have to be an attorney to do more than collect money. Sure. They must be ones right. <laughs> who are reaching out and making positive changes. So along with practicing law, you also have that part of engagement. And, and that's what, what I teach my students. And they see that when they're working with different areas. Some of them are working with immigration areas because here Charleston is a hot spot for immigration areas and also with the Latina, Latina Law Students Association. So they're able to see firsthand how they can impact someone's lives in a positive way. Okay. So we were reading your bio and it said that you love to both fish and dance. <laughs> well, okay. I love to do more than that. Well, yeah. But the, the, <laughs> I love these, to read. The, these are the ones that, uh, you know, figure make great audio content. So I know that law stories kind of sometimes mimic fishing stories. 
uh, in that, you know, you talk about the ones who, did, who got away. You talk about the biggest catch or biggest win. Do you have a, a story about your best catch or, and if you want to go dancing, we can go best dance, uh, right. you know. And this is just a podcast. Yeah, this we'll is be just, filming. Yeah, we will, not, we will not ask you to demonstrate, I promise. <laughs> well, I would love to demonstrate. Don't worry about that. Uh, you can ask my students. I love to dance. But as far as fishing is, I'm, I love fishing. I'm horrible at it. Okay. So my husband will tell you when we go fishing, he baits the hook, the line, because I don't like. Because we use live bait, so I don't like touching it. And then if and when I do catch a fish, he will take it off the hook. So it's it's all about the relaxation. Right. And, and as far as law and fishing, it's all about centering yourself. And that's what fishing does for me. It's very calming to be out on the water, to just sit. I'm reading a book while I'm waiting for some something to bite and so that's the the great aspect about fishing that Any i love particular type of fish you know freshwater or saltwater we fish in all areas okay. saltwater freshwater all areas all right any now for the dance i feel like you do that. <laughs> is there what's your favorite dance well, I don't have a favorite dance because I freestyle. Yeah. And that's what I like. I like so what she's my saying contemporary is that stuff. we have to come into the classroom one day and just sneak in the back. And, <laughs> and just know, watch. Or, or talk to the students about it. Professor Gamble's dance. There we go. No, they will, I don't dance in the classroom, but when we have social events, Very I will dance. Nice. I love nice. it. All right. So we have, a, uh, we have a lot of law students listening. We have individuals who are considering law school. If you can give a one-minute pitch to a student who, uh, and we can even say a minority student, who's looking to uh, go to law school, is considering Charleston, what would your pitch be? Well, I have to focus on three areas for Charleston School of Law and the environment, the faculty and staff, and the history. Charleston School of Law is sitting in the heart of history, and I love it. Yes. We're just a few blocks from the beginning of the Civil War just a few miles from the American Revolutionary War, Carolina Day, June 28, 1776, a major turning point in Revolutionary War, just about eight blocks from the federal courthouse where Briggs versus Elliott was decided and heard, and having Judge Wadey Swearing draft that dissent that became the majority in Brown versus Board of Education history, preservation of these buildings, some from the 1700s, 1800s. The faculty and staff that are engaging, that are sincere about success. And when I tell you about my talking to my students about you're going to have people's lives in your hands, my colleagues do the same. They emphasize the importance of what it will be to be an attorney, the importance of that. And the staff, the staff are involved. Students will know the staff by their first names. They staff are helpful, our security, they know the students. It's a family at Charleston School of Law and the environment. You're in paradise in Charleston. You're gonna spend three years. You wanna be in Charleston. Right. The number one city in the US. Right, right. You got the ocean, you have the marshes, you have the beach. Amber's angling for a adjunct professor job. That's what she's doing. We'll take you. My little brother's at MUSC down here, so that's where I'm headed to visit him after they, this. So. You were going to... Fantastic. Yeah, we'll take we're that. We're going to do this podcast by phone. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look at those three areas and you're thinking about law school, three years, that environment is key to success, being in a positive, engaging environment. And that's what we have here at Charleston School of Law. 
at the end of every episode, we ask all of our guests for their best war story. Now, this could be something, a story that you tell at a bar, you come home, you tell your husband, let me tell you about this funny case. Whatever uh, it could be, it could be funny, poignant, um, and in your case, since you've had both private practice and in academia, you kind of have two different pools to choose from. Uh, not, and by the way, you don't have to call out students or say yeah. names if well, you don't that's want what to. I, was I, was thinking I saw the look on your yeah. face. No, I, I, I would have to change names to protect the guilty, and I'm not. But so, Jane but, and John Doe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but what I will tell you is about going out to the high schools and the middle schools and talking with students about reaching their goals, setting goals, and one should be graduating from high school. I'm just amazed at the number of students in South Carolina who do not graduate from high school. And when I talk to them, some of them will tell me they never thought they could go to law school. They never thought they could be an attorney. And I look and I ask, why would you not think that today? This is 2019. Why would you think you could not go to law school? You could not be a lawyer. Oh, because I live in a single parent home or, or, my parents are poor. I'm like, that's not a reason. Mm-hmm. You you graduate from high school, you keep those grades up, you study, and that will take you to law school. That will allow you to set goals and reach your goals. And then once you do that, then you have a better chance of deciding what you want to do. You have more choices when you do that. And that is one focus that is so important in South Carolina. And I'm hoping that those listening will think about that and think, all right, if I go to school and volunteer, the difference that will make in that child's life. If I go to a mock trial competition and volunteer, the difference that will make. If I coach a mock trial team, the the difference that will make. So that's key. It's all about creating positive changes. And and that's, that's my story, creating positive changes being that impetus of change and not complaining. I do want to add one other thing about wanting to be president of the Charleston Bar and also when I was in Greenville serving as president of Greenville Bar is I have this desire, this calling to create positive changes. And this this is within me, like I told you, that little eight-year-old girl that is within me, and it has to be divinity that puts that in that eight-year-old little girl to create positive changes and to know that each of us can do that. Each of us can do that. And when we do that, then you cannot complain because you're part of the solution. We have too many people complaining instead of working for changes. I love Mahatma Gandhi. Be the change you want to see in the world. Be the change you want to see in the world. We can do it. Well, we've talked about this on the podcast, but I, you know, I am from a single parent household where we did not have uh, a lot of money. And the reason that I am a lawyer today is because some lawyer came into my school and did mock trial and, uh, you know, showed an interest in uh, a uh, big headed, chubby kid uh, in, uh, in Columbia, South Carolina. So I certainly I bet he didn't want to take your money. <laughs> I'm just I'm just circling it around. Professor Gammons, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, if thank you, you. If you want to uh, follow the Charleston Bars, uh, what they're doing, you can find them on Facebook. Uh, if you search for Charleston Bar Association. Um, obviously, Charleston School of Law. Um, you can follow them on Twitter and Facebook as well. 
And our guest today uh, can be reached at Deborah D E B R A J Gammons G A M M O N S. You would think I can't, you know, read this. I can't read. Uh, Don't read so good. <laughs> you can uh, follow us. Learn a book. <laughs> I'm gonna do the best I can, Professor. Uh, you can follow us at SC Lawpod on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow me at Joseph P Bias. Follow Dane at SC Crim Lawyer and Amber at Red Judicata. Uh, so that always gets the guess. Every time you, you get hit with the Red Judicata, it gets a guess. So uh, for Professor Gammons, uh, for Amber, for Dane, who uh, um, couldn't be with us this episode, uh, thank you so much for uh, Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.